Good morning and welcome to an action-packed episode of The Daily Ding here on The Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mo DeKeel. And let's get to it. Huge amount of games. And by that, I mean there's one. There's only one. It was really frustrating. There was only one game. It's hard to do a Daily Ding because we got March Madness starting. But thankfully... Somehow, in a matchup between the Detroit Pistons and the Orlando Magic, we actually got something newsworthy, which is Sadiq Bey dropping 51 points. First off, nobody played defense in this game. This was one of the worst defensive played games I've ever seen. 134 to 120. It was like literally... You shoot, then we'll shoot, and hopefully we we will whoever makes enough shots wins this game. But let's not take anything away from Sadiq Bay, who was freaking awesome, Jared. Not just fifty-one points, seventeen of twenty-seven from the field, ten of fourteen from three. Like he was just straight up on fire from deep. Like if he put it up, I had no doubt in my mind it was going in. Like the rim looked like the Atlantic Ocean to him. Like it was just that wide for him tonight. And you know, the magic didn't really care to try to defend that all that much. Yeah. I was honestly surprised that any one of these teams actually wanted to win the game. <laughs> so maybe they did, but somebody had to get some buckets, right? Uh, Cause Orlando, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're at the bottom of the take a thought and Detroit is somehow climbing their way up. Didn't have Cade Cunningham in this game. And they ended up still having a really nice offensive performance with Marvin Bagley also having 20 points. Yeah. I mean, it was, Pretty interesting. Isaiah Stewart had a pretty solid game with a double-double, 16 and 10. You had Corey Joseph with 13 points and seven assists. Like, they got some nice stuff going. But I, mm-hmm. we do have to talk about one thing that was kind of funny, Jared. At the very end of the game, Sadiq Bey is sitting on 49 points, and the Magic are so intent on not letting him get 50. And I'm pretty sure he's about to dribble out the clock. They fouled him. They were so intent to not let him get 50, they put him on the line. Made no sense whatsoever. Wait, did they think he was going to suddenly become a bad free throw shooter all of a sudden? Like the guy's on fire. Why would he? Bring- no, 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 no. It wasn't. It wasn't on purpose. But they literally just triple teamed him, and obviously, eventually, got called for a foul. At that point, it was the game was already over in in that sense. But it just, it just, I was like, okay, so you're going to try to triple team him to make sure he doesn't get fifty. But then you fouled him. Yeah, they were being so over aggressive. I thought at that point they were like actually trying to put him at the line. Right. Like, screw this. Made, yeah. made no sense. But we should talk about a little bit about Franz Wagner as well. He had a hell of a game himself for a rookie. 26 points, 10 of 15 from the field, two or three from three. Like he was Jared, I like him. I don't know if I love him, but I kind of like him. <laughs> I mean, if he's giving you 26 pieces as a rookie, I mean, that that's something to, to really like at the very least, especially when he's doing it next to his brother Mo at 16. Someone who I thought was falling off the face of the earth with the league uh, last year, and he, he's come back playing nicely with his brother, at least during this tanking stretch run. But Franz, I mean, we know we know he can get up above the rim. We know he can attack. But seeing him go 10 for 15, that's that's kind of special. Yeah, and it was it was just solid stuff. Some good cutting, some good movement. He's just a competitor. I really enjoy watching him play. And, you know, he's one of the highlight guys to wa- high point guys to watch in Orlando. It's 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 not the prettiest all the time there, but uh you know, it is what it is. Man, Orlando is Orlando and this was a uh let's just be honest. 
a meaningless game on a, a one night NBA night. Oh God, yeah. I mean, uh, for for a one night NBA night to get a battle between the two teams at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, I mean, that's that is really spectacular. And uh, hey, Orlando solidifies their place at the bottom of the East. They are, I mean, the, the Rockets still have one game on them for that top seed in the lottery, but Orlando's doing a very nice job with the tank. Yeah, they they, they really are. Just not much. Else. They got good young talent on Orlando. Mo Bamba's having a pretty solid year. Markel Fultz has come back and has looked pretty good. I really like Wendell Carter Jr. He's had flashpoints. They're going to add another piece, obviously, in the draft, and, and we'll see what they can make of it. But I like what they have. I like Jamal Mosley as a coach. I just think it's going to be a while before they're really good when you're playing that many young kids. Okay, so we only have one game to talk about. We got to talk about more games. So let's look ahead at the Friday slate because we're not going to talk to you again until Monday. Some really interesting ones there. Dallas at Philly, Memphis at Atlanta, Denver at Cleveland. What's the game sticking out to you? I mean, I think the most obvious one is Dallas-Philly, right? Like, first off, Philly has been constantly, we're going to watch no matter what, whenever they're on now at this point to see if it's, amazing or a train wreck like we're going to watch that one way or the other and tuning in for that Dallas has been unbelievable on a pretty solid roll nice win game winner from Spencer Dinwiddie against Brooklyn and then before that a game winner against Boston like I think you know it's 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 a nice run here with what they have going and how they're playing I think that's going to be the most fun but you know the matchup I'm really watching Jared and this is more of a kind of a standings watch a little bit as well Cleveland's playing Cleveland's playing Denver and you have the Lakers playing Toronto. I mean, we could already chalk it up as a win for Toronto at this point with how <laughs> bad the Lakers have been. But Cleveland needs to keep winning to stay ahead and to stay out of the playing tournament. Like we really have a great race coming down between six and seven in the Eastern Conference to to see who's going to stay out of the, the playing tournament. And if you're a Brooklyn fan, that matters to you more than Brooklyn playing Portland because you want to play Cleveland because that means that's a road game in Cleveland and Kyrie could play that game. Because if it's a road game in Toronto with the rules in Toronto as they currently stand, Kyrie can't play. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Do you think, I mean, so Cleveland's four and six in their last 10. Bulls are three and seven in their last 10. Raptors are seven and three. Could you see the Raptors not only climbing out of the play in, but maybe even catching up to Chicago, who's two games ahead of them? I don't know if they'll catch Chicago because I mean, we're running out of time too, right. You're playing a little bit against the schedule in terms of how many games you have left. I'm not sure if they'll catch Chicago, but I really do think they're going to catch Cleveland And, and they have to finish ahead of Cleveland, not tied. Cleveland owns the season series They're 3-0. They do play later in, in, in the next couple of days. 
but they're going to have to finish ahead of Cleveland, and that's going to make it uh, really interesting there. They don't have a lot of time to waste. This is kind of random because we wanted to talk about awards a little bit on this episode. Cleveland's J.B. Bickerstaff, he was one of the – maybe he wasn't the front runner for Coach of the Year. I feel like it's always been Monty Williams, but he was one of those top three guys pretty universally for a while. With the way Cleveland's kind of falling off here at the end, do you think he's out of the, I guess, the second tier of your Coach of the Year rankings? I mean, unfortunately, he probably is, but a lot of this has nothing to do with him as much as they just got hit with so many injuries throughout everything, right? Colin Sexton early in the year, then Ricky Rubio, then they lose Garland for a long stretch. Then they lose Jared Allen right now. Like it's just, it's hard when you're losing that many guys that you pretty much believe you're going to end up having to count on throughout the season. It, it, it ends up hurting you. And then from there, you know, the, the slide into the standings catches up to you. It's the same thing with Chicago. Right. Billy Donovan was up there for coach of the year. People were probably thinking of him as as actually probably the guy who was going to win it. Caruso gets hurt. Lonzo Ball gets hurt. They start to fall. And now you don't really hear, hear his name mentioned all that much. Yeah, it's rough for bigger staff because it's not he's not just losing rotation guys like he's using. He's losing his best players. Like Rubio was maybe his best player at the time when he got hurt. Jared Allen has been, you know, Jared Allen was there also. Wait, no, he wasn't there also. Was he? I can't even remember that. Did Jared Allen end up getting added onto the team? He was, Jared Allen was there all year, bud. No, no, the all-star team. The all-star team. I don't remember. I can't remember now. <laughs> let's uh, let's not edit this out of the episode. And I'm just going to keep Googling while I'm talking because I'm pretty sure he ended up being the all-star replacement. Um, yeah, he was the all-star replacement for James Harden. Okay, there we go. See? That lets you know how interesting the all-star game was. <laughs> I did not give a, I didn't even watch the all-star game. I just didn't care. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got to see the dunk contest, the amazing dunk contest. So at least I came away from all-star weekend with a great taste in my mouth. So, uh, yeah, Cleveland is in a bit of trouble here. Who Who is the team that you think is going to have a, like the biggest change in their scenario standings wise over the next couple of weeks? I think for, I mean, obviously, I think Cleveland, I, I kind of made that one there. But I also think with the news that Steph Curry is going to be out indefinitely, you know, and maybe till like right before the playoffs, I think that just means Memphis is in a great position right now to win the second seed in the Western Conference. I think that's going to help them a ton. And I think that's, that's a scenario I think two days ago they probably thought they were in a dogfight for. And now they're thinking like we're in the driver's seat. All right, well, let's drive this car out of here. That'll do it for the Daily Ding this week. I'm Jared Weiss. He's Mo Dekeel. This is the Athletic NBA show. The Daily Ding, take us out here. Ding, ding. There goes our bracket.